Hey y'all, welcome. Welcome to the Fruitful Families Coaching Podcast. I am so honored and blessed to sit across the table from you as we share some space and share our hearts with each other. Friends, as a certified peaceful parenting coach and a certified baby and child sleep coach, a former teacher, former children and families pastor, and a mama of four, I have seen a few things in my day. I love sitting down at the table with other parents and walking through some of the difficulties we see in this journey we call parenting. I love bringing the gospel and the love of the Lord into our parenting and into our days. Friends, this is the place you can sit with your cup of coffee, your tears, or your rejoicing, and enjoy this journey we call parenthood. You are welcome here. You are seen here. You are loved here. You are enough here. I'm so happy to have you. And friends, let's do this parenting thing really well. Let's love our children with the love of the Father and raise this next generation to be an empathetic, emotionally intelligent generation that changes the course of this nation. Mamas, we are in this together. We were never meant to walk this journey alone. So welcome to the family. Welcome to the table. Welcome to the Fruitful Families Podcast. about letting us. There we go. Now we're live. Welcome. Welcome, Fruitful Families family. Welcome, mamas. Welcome, parents. Welcome, the rest of the Facebook world. I am so happy to have you here today. I cannot contain my excitement. Literally, I've been texting with Laura all morning. She could, I'm like, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to share space with you. I can't wait to get what you have to say and share out to this community. Um, friends, there is like no, <laughs> there's no actual introduction that I could give these two that would warrant like what they're worth. Um, Laura and Kevin are friends of mine um, from my last church. They have three beautiful daughters that I cannot believe are growing way too fast. Yes. Um, they have since moved from New York City to San Diego, mm-hmm. um, all the way across the country from me. Um, but friends, when I met them, um, there was always something. They are on fire for the Lord. Just Everything they do, their presence, their children, they're like that power family that walks in and you're like, who is that? What are they doing? Um, Because they're just so full of love, generosity, outgoing personalities. They are some of the most beautiful people I have ever known. Um, And so it didn't surprise me whatsoever when over social media, I saw that they had started this outreach um, called We See You San Diego. And I want to give them a little space to introduce themselves um, better than I did. Um, Again, there's just nothing that would do justice to you two beautiful people. Um, And just to introduce We See You San Diego. um, Our theme for this podcast, my friends, is the fruit of generosity. Mm -hmm. As soon as I thought of that, 
immediately these two came to mind. Um, there has never been a time I can even think back to when I first met them and I was pregnant with my second kid and we had just moved and we had to get rid of all of our stuff. And I just thought how in the world I was working in ministry. My husband is a teacher. God always provides and God used them and they obeyed and they brought us boxes and boxes of clothes. Um, <laughs> That's right. And friends, it's just like, it's the little things. They are obedient. They step out of the boat time and time again to serve others. And they have served me in my life in so many ways. And they are just a example of extravagant generosity that just comes from the little obedience. Um, so yeah. So friends, tell me, tell me about you guys. Is there anything I missed? And then tell me a little about We See You San Diego. Do people normally cry in the introduction? I'm like over here, like, okay, how do I go on from that? Oh Your gosh. heart is so beautiful. That's oh, why. Pam, thank you for having us. That's so nice. And we have just such passion for you. And Pam was our kids mentor, like youth leader, just when they were tiny babies. And you, I believe spoke prophecy over my daughter, our daughter, Alana. Oh. The first time you met her, you called her sweet Alana, which she wasn't at the time, but today she's living in the fruit of your words. <laughs> she oh like- Oh my girl, stop, you're gonna right. Anyway, we have just such love for you and it, uh, such passion for you. And, oh, and thank you. Yeah, honored to be here. Oh, it's totally shared, friend. Yeah, thank you. Uh -huh. Do you want to start or should I? Well, I mean, yeah, I think that just knowing that generosity, our generosity flows from the Lord mm. first and foremost, right? Yeah. And cultivating that relationship and that walk with him. And that's where it all comes from. Mm -hmm. And just growing in that and uh, being able to serve and just continue to be able to do it, um, to do it well, to do it tirelessly, to continually do it consistently. It all flows out of having a relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. and a relationship that's together and with our family yeah. that um, is focused on him. And mm -hmm. I think that that's the most important thing to just remember that the generosity flows out. Yeah. From the Lord. And, um, you were touching on, we see you San Diego and it, it was never something we planned. Right. And it was just such an idea that came from the Lord. Um, and it actually was birthed. It actually, when we lived together in Queens, Pam, I had been, um, I was listening to a talk one day when I was working out, not expecting to be like, just knocked over, um, by the presence of the Lord in the gym. Get out of here. Yes. So I was listening to a talk that a friend sent me from Virginia Beach, a pastor I didn't know. And the guest they had, it was a guest speaker talking about his work in the homeless community and how he ordered his life to serve that community. And when I heard it, my heart got pierced. And you know this because you have a heart for families. You have a heart for children and growing them up in the way they should go. And um the, the Lord has these works he prepared for us in advance to do yeah. good works. Right. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm on the treadmill and I am just like crying. And I feel like the Lord putting on my heart, you're going to do this. You're going to, and I was like, Oh, well, I, I went back and I prayed when I got home 
And I just felt like this sense of like, you're going to work with the homeless community. I'm giving you a heart for that. And it wasn't that I had, um, didn't have a heart for the homeless community before. It was just like, you would see it in New York. And New York is the number one city where the crisis is like in our country. Um, and so I prayed about it and I thought he meant in New York, you know, how sometimes you get like assurance in part of the plan. Oh, yes. And then you make up the rest wrong because that's what I did. I was like, perfect, Kevin, I need to talk to him about that. And it'll probably, I worked in radio at the time and I was like, it'll probably be through that. And we could start a philanthropy through the radio station. And no, no uh -uh, none way. of that. And um, I can so, resonate with that so much. You know, <laughs> and I keep praying about it. And another thing I felt sure of was this, um, name we see you when i was praying that just downloaded into my heart and that was when i lived in new york and i was like i get that god because it's seeing people for who they are it's seeing right into their eyes it's seeing the people that are often overlooked i get that i get what you're saying he told yeah. me later that's not exactly what he meant but that's that's fine i can tell you about that later but he um gave me that name and gave me that like thing in my heart and i and so then um you know, things got a little, little difficult in New York for us. You know how it is. It's, it's this expensive city. Oh, yes. um, we were at a place in life where we were like, we do need to make a change. And we were praying through it. And San Diego came up with a job opportunity and we prayed over it. And one of the first things I looked at is like homeless crisis in San Diego, because I'd heard, but I didn't know anything really about San Diego. And, yeah. um, yeah. And then I saw that it's the fourth largest homeless population in America. And I thought, okay, well, maybe that's part of that. And maybe that's, maybe when I get my job at the radio station there, it'll be through making it all up, making it all up. But we said yes to San Diego after yeah. a lot of prayer. And we went there. And the first thing we did was look to see how we could plug into a church community because yeah. that's where we know we need to be plugged in with our people because it's like you meet people and then it's family because your foundation is the same. Absolutely. Right? So that's what we knew we had to do. So yeah. we found a church there. And the first week, the, re the way we sort of found it was we were trying different churches, but this week we went to this one church. They were talking about um, their ministries. And one thing they said was they had a small dinner for the homeless that they do on Tuesday nights for the homeless community. And um, I just gra I remember grabbing Kevin and I'm like, we should check that out because, you know, I'm going to probably be doing something with the radio station and I have all these visions of things I'm going to do that never happened. Um, and Kevin's yeah. like, all right, I'm going to check out that dinner at this church. So you did. Yeah. And prior to this Tuesday in San Diego is taco Tuesday, right? So we would have fun with our friends at the pool, mm -hmm. making tacos, hanging out. So the vision for working with the homeless is more Laura's than it right. was me. Right. So I'm just being obedient, knowing that we're supposed to serve the poor. And uh, I go to the church to uh, check it out and see how can we be part of this ministry with the church yeah. and so I show up and the um, I meet the the guy who's running it. Two families were the ones who led this dinner. And uh, he's actually like, hey, our family and the other family is moving out of San Diego. So uh, we're not going to be able to run this anymore. Tonight we're moving. They're actually moving that day. <sighs> He shows up at the dinner with a bunch of pizza boxes because he's totally frazzled and leaving. 
And uh, he's like, how would you like to take this over for us? And he shows me where all the supplies are. He uh, gives me the codes to the church and the keys that shows me how to unlock the gate and do all of this stuff. And uh, I kind of like see how they did the dinner. There's probably like 10 people there from the homeless community eating pizzas, drinking soda. And I was like, went home to Laura and I said, I think that we're the ones in charge of this ministry now. What do you think about that? Yeah. Laura, what did you say? Well, because I was like, are we, is it, I didn't know if it was kid friendly. I didn't know anything. And I was like, how, my question was, how was it? And he said, they gave me the key to the church. We barely even went there at the time. I'm like, do we go there? Okay. Yes. Like, I guess. So it was one of those things where I was like, so what does that mean? And also the punchline was always me cooking. That was the part yes. of the joke. <laughs> That's a joke in the marriage. It's not anymore, but like God has done a work. But anyway, I was like, so what does that mean? Like how many people, what's the deal? And Kevin's like, you, we can bring our kids. It's super chill. It's at a couple picnic tables in the church parking lot. And he said, but the thing about it is I would want to cook what we eat. I don't want to do pizzas and sodas. I want to cook what we would eat. And I was like, like a family dinner, oh, right? What's our yeah. favorite food? We'll cook it up. Yeah. We'll serve it. And, uh, and he was so not overwhelmed because he's like, babe, you know, what do I need to do? Make two extra crock pots of food. It's not that many people. So we'll just go, we'll bring the food and we'll do it. And I was like, okay, you're cooking. And okay. I was like, well, this is good for me to get this experience. Cause I feel like God really put that on my heart about the whole. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so we go and we cancel taco Tuesday with our friends. Right. And we said, and we, we did say if anyone wants to join us and they're like, no, like we're going to do taco Tuesday at the pool, but you go ahead. Um, so we just, um, went, and then we just started serving and we started doing it. And we had one or two other faithful people who would help out occasionally too. And we just slowly got to know people and we slowly did it. And um, 10 people became 20 people and 20 people became yeah. 30 people and just continued to add a crock pot here or there, borrow mm -hmm. one from a friend. And uh, yeah, today it's 200 people. Four years later, we cook for 200, <laughs> not ourselves, but no. we have a lot of other people that help, but yeah. that is, um, that's, That's we see you San Diego has grown out of this Tuesday night dinner. Right. So it got ministry. to a point where in 2019, um, the church was just like, you guys, there was never a budget for it, which is even more hilarious. Yeah. And why you know that the Lord is just so yeah. in and so kind and his generosity is what makes this thing go. So yeah. it was the church's vision to have this big homeless ministry, they were gracious and they were obedient to like the call on the church to, to follow through now that this thing is growing, but there was no budget for it. So it was always the kindness and generosity of people yeah. um, coming every week, bringing the food, joining us in that because they knew we couldn't do it alone. So yeah. people would come and I'm talking non-Christians too. I'm talking people who just had a heart for the poor because God hit, was so he he broke the molds of every way I thought it should be. I thought it should be yeah. community groups, life groups doing it, other churches getting involved. And God was like, uh, no, it's not going to be your way. It's going to be my way. And it would be like one family from, you know, somebody who works with us, or it would be people from everywhere, a neighbor, somebody that just 
God piercing different people's hearts. And that's how it sort of grew. But the church said, you guys really need to start a nonprofit because yes. we don't. So that's how we see you San Diego happened in 20, at the end of 2019. Yeah. So we've only been a nonprofit for, you know, a little over a year, but um, yeah, there was God's definitely has had favor on it and just been so above and beyond. And he gave me a word at the beginning of um, January of 2020, the year of 2020, which everybody has opinions about. It's such, it was such a difficult trying year for so many. Um, At the beginning of that year, he gave me the word um, that this would be a year of fruit for the ministry. And, and, um, and, a few weeks after that, we won our first grant. And from there, all of a sudden, a couple months later, COVID hit. And all of a sudden, the world looks like it's crashing. And our and the ministry just started booming. And we won a second grant and a third grant. And there was more needs than ever before because all these dinners were shutting down in San Diego. 12 dinners that we know of in San Diego shut down because of COVID. But the Lord, in his, and just knowing the needs of the people on the streets, we were able to stay open and had the favor of the police who yeah. said, let's work together to figure out how to social distance and mask. Oh and- my goodness. So we were able to, even through COVID, we didn't miss one dinner in 2020. Thanks be to God. And the resources started coming in. It wound up being a year of fruit that I'd never seen in in ministry before. Yeah, and literally we would get boxes of fruit. We know somebody who has an orchard and he would bring citrus. We'd have oranges, grapefruit. Yep. I had so much fruit that it would rot. (laughs) Yeah, like it was to the point where I was like, slow down on the fruit. Bump the bricks. Yeah. Yeah. So it started that way. And now at this point, we it could be like between 150 and 200 people on a Tuesday. And we've just committed to it being a home cooked meal. And that's, we just believe God's going to make a way for that to always be the case. Yeah. And he has every he time. Has. You know what? Yeah. And, and I guess just to paint a picture of what it's like on a Tuesday night, the idea is that people would walk in through the gate and experience the lavish love of the father. It's oh, really yeah. inspired by lavish love. Laura. My, I'm like, and he had made, made it possible because all of a sudden someone wanted to sponsor a coffee bar. And this is a, not a business. It's a human, a person who just was like, I want to give you all the gourmet coffee and the syrups and the fancy creamers and, and candy to put in their coffees and make it mocha. I don't know, whatever, but it's like that. And then we do restaurant service so that we can serve. And um, like, there was this one week where a woman, um, she said, I came over and it was her first night there. And she goes, ma'am, could I get another pop? How do I order another pop? Order it. Like she's at a restaurant. And I was like, that moved me that her experience led her to, like, yes, you get it. It's a restaurant. It's for you. And um, that's just the heart of it. And yeah. and like, there's a dessert cart, like at fancy restaurants where you get to choose your desserts and we put mountains of desserts on the plates because we get, we have donut partners. We have pastry partners that give to us every week. So we've just been able to make it lavish because God, because he's the Lord of the feast. He uh, wants us to dine with him. And so the idea is 
a piece we like want to grab heaven and bring it to earth. And it's it's not like uh, I wish we could do steaks and filet mignon every week. I'm not saying it's like the marriage supper. I'm just saying we're just trying to make them experience a taste, like a foretaste, you know, of because that's our heart. And and then the heart beyond the lavish love is to once you build into people um because these one person said it to me like this that they feel a sense of incomprehensible unworthiness yes incomprehensible unworthiness because of what they've been through the abuses the traumas and they're not led to the street because they were big partiers they may have been big partiers but that's all rooted in pain so the stories of pain through our guests are, are what we know of our guests at the homeless community. And so our idea and what God has put on our heart is pour in the love, give dignity, um, be a place where people are having their identity restored and then take, be the hand that holds theirs to help them get off the street because restoration and wholeness and healing is the goal, but you can't put that before, you know, the relationships and the pouring in the love. Yeah. Exactly. So you start with the love. Yes. Yes. That aligns so much with all of what I do. Yes. Yeah. You start with the love. Start with the love. I love that. And I love, I love the heart piercing in your terms, words of incomprehensible unworthiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My heart in that. I'm, I'm trying to hold it together over here. Yeah. I've cried a little bit. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, friends. And from an outside perspective, um, you know, quite often when we're, when we're working for the Lord, we're going, we're going, we're going. He gives us this supernatural energy to just power mm. through and power through for him. And quite often we don't stop to like stand back for a minute and, and you, you two walk in such humility, um, Friends, like the simple steps of obedience it has taken you to get here. Um, and I say simple steps, meaning like the little things, they were not simple for you. Friends, you moved across the country yeah. listening to the Lord with heart and vision for your family and this ministry. Then, yeah. you know, I can just picture Kevin because I know y'all like in his like just chill demeanor, yeah. like walking into the church and then being like, can you take this over? And him being like, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That because because Kevin just walks in obedience. All I know of him is just decision after decision happens in obedience. Mm -hmm. And he makes it look so easy. Because Kevin, you're just such a like chill, rested in the Lord, identity in Christ dude. Yeah. That it looks so easy, but I know it couldn't have been. Not with kids. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, the um the one thing that is like, I didn't have a burden for the homeless like Laura did. I didn't get this call or this word from the Lord, but the Mm -hmm. obedience does give the, it brings a burden, right? When you're doing the work and you're seeing people and you're ministering, then you start feeling the weight, Mm -hmm. right? And then you have to carry that weight and the Lord helps you with that. Mm -hmm. And then you start training yourself and figuring out, well, okay, I don't have any training with doing this sort of thing, right? right? Yes. So how do I get better at it? How do I start praying about it and yeah. asking God for wisdom, insight, discernment with uh, the things that people are struggling with and what's going on? I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to yeah. talk with homeless people or people who are addicted. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about those things. So you start, yeah. you just start digging in and um, yeah, 
the obedience that brings the <laughs> go so much comes out of that, right? Yeah. And um, you know, the Lord is faithful to carry us, carry us through. Yeah. Yeah. I have a very good friend who told me just this last week. This is so funny because God has this, you know, how, when he puts something on your heart, like he did for you, Laura, how he'll just continue the story. Like everything will loop together. Songs on the radio, conversations with friends. Like he just makes it very clear that he's present and he's purposeful and he's in control. Mm -hmm. And I had this conversation about this with a dear friend recently. And she said to me, she has these truth bomb, powerful words. She said, when Jesus calls us to step out of the boat, He doesn't say, step out of the boat onto this safe sheet of glass. He (laughs) says, step out of the boat into this raging sea and keep your eyes on me. Um, And you are just such a living, breathing example of that, of stepping out into this raging sea of the unknown of how do I care for these people? How do I love these people well? How do I even have a conversation with them? Like Mm -hmm. the fear that could have taken hold. Yeah. Yeah that didn't because you kept your eyes fixed on him the entire time. Yeah. Like, come on, Jesus. <laughs> I, wow. You too. Wow. That's exciting. Wow. And there, there are times of like, you know, the frustrations and everything. And, you know, we, you know, we, um, it's, it's been interesting integrating our kids into it. And like Kevin and I leading this ministry together, I love, doing this with Kevin. And even the couple weeks, there were like two weeks that I can think of maybe in the last four years that Kevin was on the East coast and I was on the um, West coast for like work and family stuff. And I was like, I feel the weight when he's not with me. And um, so this has been an interesting family ministry for us because the kids are just as much involved in a different way um, as we are, you know, yeah. because it's we did together. So that's been really, it's been amazing to do that as a family. Absolutely. So what, what does this look like in all realness? And Mm -hmm. this is a super vulnerable place. So in all realness with the beautiful, that's probably come out of this and maybe some of the ugly with the balancing it all. I know Laura, you're homeschooling now. You're homeschooling three kids. Yeah. Three Um, kids started with three. Most people start with one in kindergarten. I'm like, I had a middle schooler. I know you. It's like they're a second grader and a first grader and we're doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is so you. You're like, I'm not going to put my toe in. I'm going to just ah. jump <laughs> all the way in, all the way in. Yeah. 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 So, so what has that looked like for y'all? What talk to me about some of the beauty that's come out of it and talk to me about, you know, there's so many moms that reach out to me and say, I want to do X. I want to do it. I feel called to do it, but a, I'm afraid B, what will it do to my family? Um, those kinds of things. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, one thing that I think about the good so far outweighs anything negative I can even think about, honestly. Um, because because when when we talk about generosity and that being a family value, um, we've had to order our life in such a way that that Tuesdays are non-negotiable, that the 
that this is the thing we do on Tuesday nights. And at the beginning, our kids weren't serving with us. So it can't be like this picture of like, we're a perfect family that all we all serve together. And they were spooning out the rice, like not at all. They, Joelle, my, our oldest, who's 11 now, when she was seven, she was like, why, what are we doing? Like, (laughs) She wasn't into it. She even wrote something about that, that we, we put up on social media about it. But um, now I will say four years later, it's everyone's favorite night of the week. Um, and, and a lot of different things have happened with it. First of all, um, Kevin and I were talking about this, that the um, seeing the love poured out um, from us and other people were, who were serving drew them in. So the kids would come and they would play on the swing set. They would play. And then all of a sudden other families would come and they would play with the other kids. But then one night we remember distinctly Naomi, our littlest, who is now six, was probably four or three when she first did this. But she grabbed a little step stool and got on top. And all of a sudden we saw her serving cake with an adult. And it wasn't (laughs) us. We were doing something else. But all of a sudden and now she is our number one like junior kid helper. She helps every week, whether it's cutting fruit, she learned knife skills, or it's, um, we have a clothing uh, arm of the ministry where we do personal, we call it personal shopping for, we go to eat, we have a team that goes to each table and takes orders. What do you need? What size? What would help you? Then they go back and then they bring it to the the people that are our guests. And um, Naomi, loves that. That's her heart. She loves the clothing ministry. Alana likes behind the scenes. She's our middle daughter who's a little more shy and she prefers to play, but every now and then she wants to be out there cutting the fruit or serving maybe in the back and uh, plating food. And then Joelle has a heart for kids. So she wants to be in, we have a a child care team too. Now it's small, but we do have a kid's area and um, Joelle likes serving there. Yeah. So it's, ah. it's almost like their talents that God put in them have come out. And even Joelle has always loved acting. And Miss Pam gave her her first role, by the way, as an angel. Uh-huh. And she was also Mary when we went to church together in their kids ministry. But Joelle um, wrote a Christmas play, directed it. And then they performed it at our Christmas party for our homeless friends. And that was her gifts shining. She was just really, it was, and that was a gift to the people. And, and the people who are our guests can't believe that our kids come because most people keep their kids away. And you do have to be very wise and you have to know that you can't be like, oh yeah, go. It's a free for all kids. But having your kids there to see serving and being with the parents and being part yeah. of those things. And in the beginning, we told our kids, go and play with the other kids because the, their parents are serving, right? Yep. So you play with the kids and we'll serve. Yep. And then it it just kind of gradually flowed as they got mm-hmm. older and as they got more, ex- just being there, more exposure yeah. and comfortable. That's right. That they started serving. And I think that that's what we remember is that it starts small. We started serving 10 people, right? We didn't start with 200. Yeah. So we kind of grew into this, right? And they grew into it. So anybody that's looking to take a step, you have to just figure out, well, what is the step that I can take right now yeah. and see where does that go, right? And um, mm-hmm. that's what we've just seen is that as you – We've been doing this for four years, right? But the first six months that we've been, uh, that we started the dinner, we didn't really make 
relationships, it was hard work. People didn't start opening up to us no. until like six months in. There was like this breakthrough where yeah. people just started sharing their heart and we got to know people. And it's like this wall came down mm -hmm. where we got to know people's stories and yeah. they felt comfortable. Like we built a rapport, right, right with people. And, and just having a conversation with somebody that's maybe five or 10 minutes long, once a week, over the course of a month, two months, three months, a year, you start to get to know people and they start to get to know you and there's comfort, yeah. right? So yeah. it's just, it's like a, a life, it's just a life, I think, principle where you just, you're just living, right? And mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it builds, each each week builds on itself. Yeah. And, it's, and that's where we are today after four mm -hmm. years. Right? Yeah. And I would say too, the, um, the girls, one thing that I love that they get to see is, and I, it's changed them there's a couple things is that um, their worldview has, has been deeply impacted by this work. And I have had to trust the Lord in it all, because if I were to be controlling, then I would maybe would want to shield them from certain things that, that they see. And then they have questions like they, they couldn't believe when they saw someone, I mean, it's something as simple as someone smoking a cigarette yeah. and they were just like, I had to explain everything about cigarettes and like what kind of, cause they thought it was drugs and they didn't under fully understand. And they were so little, like five, four, Joel might've been eight or mm -hmm. nine and I'm explaining. And then when we started developing these relationships and we have some like very good friends that go to the dinner, because when you eat dinner with people every week, of course they're your friends over four years, yeah. you know? Um, some God gives you a heart for certain people even more yes. than others. And then other people have hearts for other people. Yes. And so there's people that, um, one of our friends wound up ODing and the girls were there when we got the call that he was in the hospital and, um, his mom calling us and they're like, we have connections then with family members and we got, we're very involved in people's lives. And, um, then they had to understand that our friend needed to go to a program. And what does a program do? And what happens when they, and then we would visit him in rehab and with the kids. Oh, so they, Laura. they needed to like really have some hard conversations, but then they knew what to pray for. And then, and you better believe my kids don't want to do drugs because <laughs> yeah. they have seen so much reality. They've seen women on the street getting pregnant. And where's the dad? And then having to talk about that. And so there's not always a dad and like having to sit down. And my little two were too young to understand that. So that wasn't, the, but Joelle, my oldest, who's now 11, I had to have some very hard conversations. But at the same time, the Lord was with me. We prayed before these conversations and, and it informed her that if you're not married and even if someone tells you, like she's asking me, did this person tell her that he loves her? Did she believe it? Did he, does he, did he lie? Like those are deep questions. And I could have never planned that she was taking it all in. And I'm like, did she even realize this person was pregnant? Yeah. So it, but it's like, if you're going to expose them to these things, then you're going to have to be very, very in tune in conversation. So every night on the way home, we talk about 
any anything they want to talk about. It's very free form. And um, yeah, and we pray with them and we yeah. pray for our friends yeah. that we know from the dinner. So we try to make it holistic experience right. too, right? So that there's a grounding and a foundation mm -hmm. even for them. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think uh, that's one thing. And I, I would say it's been really all positive because of the conversations that have stemmed from it. And then the other thing is that um, the girls are home with me now because over the last since 2020, January, I started doing this full time and just in the whatever way that I'm doing it, I'm like, it's not like I'm being paid to do it. I'm just this is what I'm doing in addition to homeschooling. So um we'll sometimes get a call that we have to go pick up a food donation. So I'll be like, all right, girls, let's go. We got to pick up a food donation. And they witness our car, our SUV being weighted down with food and provision from the Lord that we didn't expect. Uh that we didn't plan, that we didn't pay for. It's just someone had a heart, this whoever is giving it to us. And then I tell them, I'm like, do you understand that now our friends are going to be treated to these things because the Lord provided and you're witnessing it. So that, and I tell them like the, the thing that has really stuck out to me the most, a uh, pastor of ours said this once and it, I just have like, it, it got me. Um, it, it really summed it up was at the wedding of Cana, um, Jesus turned water into wine. It was his first public miracle. And what he did was there were these cisterns, these massive cisterns that were empty. And um, he told the servants to fill them up with water to the brim. And then they, they obeyed. And then he then turned that water into wine. And um, this got me so much. The people at the wedding, the guests, and even the master of ceremonies, they didn't know that Jesus had done that miracle. They just were experiencing this delicious wine, but the servants saw it. And they, they were the only ones that knew that the miracle happened. And so I tell the girls, you get to see the miraculous because you're serving. So it's like, I can't, Right. It, it got me because I'm like, we do, we see the miracle. We see the provision. We see the people getting into rehab and all things being made new. So where it's affecting them. Yeah. It's, it's life changing in every way, you know? So that, and so I can't say how serving has changed everything for the kids and the family. Um, yeah. It's, it's been the biggest blessing. We're the ones that are gifted in this. You know, we are, I just feel so blessed. I'm trying to hold it together over here. That's what I mean, right? Oh, yeah. trying to hold it together. And you see it too, though, Pam, like when you're working with families and kids and then you see the fruit that the, like when you would be doing ministry and the parents would be in the service, but you see those kids spouting those memory verses and those moments, the servants get to see the miraculous where God is at work in the ministry. I just love that. Yeah. It applies all over the place, not just in homeless ministry, obviously. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Laura, that is a truth bomb. It's a good truth one. Truth bomb. Um, oh, let us be made smaller and him be made bigger. Always, yeah. always and forever. Yeah. Oh, all right. 
I can do this. (laughs) Just so, just so my community knows, um, that just really, because these girls, these girls were such a large, oh, here comes large piece of my heart for so many years and watching them grow and knowing their love of the Lord and watching Laura and Kevin parent them in Christ and hearing them getting to walk this journey. Just, that's a lot for me. Um, I'm so incredibly proud of them and so incredibly proud of you and Mm -hmm. watching children grow in, in love, um, growing in Christ and seeing his power and his glory and his transformational, what he can do when he's given the Avenue, when we step in obedience and allow him to show up. Yep. And Watch just out. hearing this story, just I'm shaking. Like <laughs> God, have you have y'all ever heard the song? What is it called? Famous for? Have you ever heard that song? No. <gasps> We're gonna get off and you guys are gonna jump on yeah. your Spotify or whatever yeah. and look right. at the song famous for. Okay. Den- definitely. I can't tell you the amount of times it's brought me to my knees and weeping because I'm just a worship oh. person. Yeah. But they talk about um, how he can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can hope, think, or imagine if we just give him the space. If we just say, I hear your call, I hear it. I don't know what it's going to look like, just like you guys said. We can sit here and pretend we know because yeah. we like to do that, it makes us feel better, especially me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and Laura, you really hit the nail on the head when when it involves our children. And this is one of the reasons I really was so excited to have you all on. When we're called into ministry and we have a family, um, Mm -hmm. we have children. And Kevin, I'm sure this resonates with you, too, as a father. Um, Like you said, there's this fear of what do I protect them from? What do I allow them to see? Should I be a part of this? Because my children are going to be subjected to it. Mm-hmm. especially when you're leading it. Yeah. Um stepping out into that and giving God the space to move the mountains, to part the waters, to show up in that miraculous way, yeah. to turn the water into wine. Yeah. Um there can be fear there and I love that you are speaking out and speaking against that and saying do it. The fruit is bigger than you could ever imagine. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is and bigger. Kevin, I love what you said about it starts small. That was a truth bomb right there. Like you didn't start serving 200 people. Truth bomb. Um, Parents, you don't have to go make this explosive ministry. I mean, first and foremost, our ministry starts at home, right? Our ministry starts with modeling Jesus' love to our children through our marriage. If we're single parents, just through our lives. Mm -hmm. And that ministry is often what we're called to, period. Yeah. And then, Laura, when you said, oh, I wrote it down. Thank gosh. You get to see the miraculous because you serve. Yeah. (laughs) There is miraculous happening in our homes and our children every day. Yeah. Are we open to it? Are we seeing it? Are we seeing what God is doing in our children in the daily? And then um, how can we teach our children to serve? Not that we, um, we need to go out and feed the 200, but... Where are we serving every day? Right. Where yeah. are we serving the man asking for money at the door to the grocery store? 
Where yeah. are we serving the mom that we see crying during worship and we don't know why? Yeah. Where are we serving the family that our child comes home and says, so-and-so didn't have lunch today? Mm-hmm. Where can we serve? And like you said, Kevin, speaking out, praying out, give me the wisdom, Lord. Give me the guidance. Give me the discernment. Where do you want me? Mm-hmm. And just the beautiful story of of you guys listening to that, doing that, praying in obedience, and now you're feeding 200. And not only are you feeding, I mean feeding in the, uh, what would we call it? Like the spiritual sense? No, yeah, we say that too. Yeah. Yes, about- honoring them, honoring them honoring. as people. As soon as you talked about this full service restaurant idea, all I picture is Jesus washing feet. Mm. That's, I. we've thought about that too. Yeah. And I just am going to like, I want to start weeping because you didn't, you didn't offer this as like, let me, let me serve, like, let me be holier. Let me do my service. You offered this as how can I, how can I make you feel seen? How can I make you feel known? Yeah. How can I make you feel loved by the father and important and worthy? Yes. Yes. Um, And this just moves my heart. (laughs) Like I... Because you know it's and it moves any anyone that loves the Lord because we know we're all made in his image. So they're image bearers. If you're seeing them come in and you know that the because when the Lord returns, we're every tribe, tongue, and nation, like there is no inequality. It's every knee will bow. And so we're just like wanting to, and like we pray over them that. And we think about the one, we pray for the one, we pray for them by name. We're praying. We know that the Lord is after them to release the prisoners, to open the sight of the blind. Like he's coming for them. And, um, and, and it like, and you know, what's pretty crazy is, um, you know, the world looks down and they're very marginalized, this group, um, we see you really like when I prayed about this, this was maybe a year and a half ago and I was getting ready for a Tuesday night and I was praying about it. And the Lord put on my heart that I had never really asked him, why did he give me that name? I just assumed it was because I'm going to, and he's like, it's because I see them. I see them like the way he saw Hagar. He's the God who sees and he lets us become a part. We are like the little kid on the step stool wanting to help. He's the one who sees them and we get to be a part. Just like when, and our kids are such a good picture of that because they all want to help. And it's like, sometimes it's easier when you don't help, but sure you can. And we're that way and get in the way. And he just put on my heart that he's the one who sees them. We get, he knows everything about them. He knows the hurts, the pain, the trauma. And what I see, and and, and I did like, actually, when I, in my own mind was like, this is going to be something that the home, helping the homeless in San Diego, helping this community is going to be something I do through my radio station. Um, because I, I did get a job at a radio station out here. And, um, that in the end, they told me that, we should really be focusing on something like dogs or pets because everyone loves dogs. And I was like, but these are people. But if you don't see them as image bearers, as children, like people who the Lord loves, who he's going after, 
it's just two different mindsets. So it was at that point I knew, okay, that's not going to be a partnership because that's a different mentality. But the Lord is calling us to love the one because that's who he loves and he's going after. So, um, and, and there's just such a need. And they don't have this place of peace and rest. They're constantly, our friends that come as guests are filled with anxiety because they're stuff, they're getting arrested. And it's not that they're innocent. I'm not trying to paint a picture of, they don't do anything wrong. And it's so, but it's like, no, it's just such a horrible life they're living. Yes. They're, they need Jesus so bad. Yes. And someone's got to reach their hand out so that yes. the Lord can pull them the rest of the way. Yes. It's almost like that little linchpin is that yes. what we want to do yes. is help them get to the next place and really keep yes. informing you're worthy of more, you know? Yes. So, yes, yeah. I can resonate. My heart just resonates with that so deeply. Um, I think that when the Lord puts a mission and a purpose in our heart and the Holy Spirit wrecks us, right? All of us have the gym moment where we're just wrecked and our lives aren't the same and we can't ignore it anymore. No, we can't. it's too strong. And just coming from that place of how can I serve your heart? How can I serve who God made you to be? Not yeah. who the world says you are, not who you think you are, who God made you to be. Yeah. When he created you fearfully and wonderfully, that is who I'm serving. It doesn't matter to me who the world says you are, what you look like, sometimes what you smell like, right? Any of those things, none of them matter. What matters like Jesus is that we are washing the feet of sinners just like us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like yeah. us. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was talking, this is full circle. This is what I'm telling you. This is what God does. This is how he works people. So this week in group prayer, we were talking about humility. It started with the humility of, of parents being able to see their children as teachers versus the parent oh. always being the teacher. Then it moved into this humility and ministry that we are not out to minister, whether we are ministers, pastors, nonprofit, mm -hmm. we are being ministered to by these people that the world says are less than. We mm -hmm. say, you are not, you are more than, and we have so much to learn from you. Oh, so and good. just the way that Jesus flips all of that on his, on the head and says, mm -mm, nope, this is not, this is the world. This is me. Um, yeah. And the way you are doing that and living that, that's what, you know, Jesus calls us to live the fruit, to be the image bearers, to see, to see people for who he made them to be. And that is so moving and beautiful. And you put that in the best words ever. And if you really want to be rocked by what God is doing, let me see if I can pull this up. This is the verse that God gave me this morning. Before we talked about any of this, friends, we did not this is not planned. This is the way the Holy Spirit works. So there are several of people in my community, moms in my community that are not believers. Yeah. Um, or they are believers that have been hurt by the church significantly. Mm -hmm. So um, just in this moment, in this second, to take this time to say, this is how Jesus works. He doesn't work through those who say you are not enough, who say you must repent, who say because of this sin, you're not welcome here. That is not Jesus. 
No. That is not a true representation of the heart of the father. The way the father works is through people like Laura and Kevin. The way the father works is through inclusivity, saying you yeah. are mine. Like Laura said, searching for the one. He right. seeks the lost. He runs after the lost. He doesn't say, because you're lost, you're not enough. He says, because you're lost, you're the one I want. Come you're on. the one I'm asking. So this morning, he gives me this verse. Let me see if I can find it. Now watch, watch. I won't be able to find it. It was from John. Hang on. I'm so sorry, guys. Let me. Ah, here it is. First John 416. So Laura was talking about how it's all about love. We come from this place of love. And from there is where the generosity flows and where God shows up. So here is how the Holy Spirit rocks you, friend. First John 416. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and mm. God in them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is how God works, my friend. That is how people say, I can't hear his voice. I can't. Friends, it's things like this where he brings you full circle in a week or in a day and says, I'm right here. I'm right here in what you're doing. I'm right yeah. here with you. You are on the right track. Yeah. And ah, <laughs> just yeah. he he amazes me every day. He astounds me with his goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, and guys, you are walking, breathing, living examples of the power of Christ, of how he can do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could ever hope, think, or imagine, how he is always faithful, always. how if we step out into that raging sea and say, I trust you, mm -hmm. and you living out that trust, you modeling that trust and that love to your daughters, mm. oh, yeah. I am in such awe of both of you. Oh, friend. <laughs> yes. Awe. So tell us, tell this community, how can we support this Bet besides prayer? Because we'll be praying over you guys like crazy. Um, uh, how, how can we support you financially? How can we support you in any way? Well, we have a website. We see you San Diego.com like all spelled out, we see S E E U San Diego.com. Um, that's a great way. You can follow us on Instagram the same way at we see you San Diego on Facebook as well. We're on there. Um, yeah. And there's always stuff that we have going on because people, we, I mean, financial support allows us to do so much more, you know, we'll like do, we're, we have a Valentine's party on the books, like that we're hosting and like, again, like lavish decor and all that stuff. And every now and then we're able to like, Pam, you supported when we did a birthday party for a sweet one-year-old, their family, they still come and they have brought more friends from the shelter because of the birthday party. You sent a gift. Like there's little things you could do. Um, and we post all that on social media, those opportunities. Yeah, to we give. pay for people's rehab. So there's yeah. always something that you can give financially to. We right. just, uh, we're going to acquire a space. So mm -hmm. we're going to have yeah. our own uh, building. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, Praise God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So that's, uh, yes. yeah. So we'll have to be paying for that. But um, 
So uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're in San Diego, you can come serve. Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. I think like is in the future, like it would be great to have people to come do field trips and. We would you know, love it's it. Oh, yeah. Great vacation place, but you can also. And we do every now and then have people that, that yeah. do that and, and make it a thing. And then they serve on Tuesday nights and we give them all kinds of special jobs to do. We, I mean, an easy way to give is we do, we, it's fun to like make it a party atmosphere. We do raffles every week. So we give like gift bags away. So if you want it to be like, I don't really want to like sew in financially, like we do have Venmo and you can do that, but yeah. you can also like, buy a gift card or like something like that. And you could send it our way. The address is on the website or, I mean, you could Venmo and just write raffle prize. Cause we're always looking for unique things we could give away. And it's yeah. just, oh, I love it. So they so love it. Yeah. Like they love that stuff. So it's, yeah, we'll do like fast food gift cards and um, like socks and ponchos and just different. We'll always put like different books in there and flashlights and, you know, stuff they need like that. Yeah, exactly. You are like an event planner in hiding. It's I love that. It's so much fun. I'm I I'm a two on the Enneagram, so it's like helper, hospitality. Yes, a dinner party. Let's I'm go. There. I've got the coffee. I'm here. Like so fun. I love oh, it. I love it. I love yeah. it. And I love you both so immensely and your children so immensely. And I am beyond excited to see what grows from this, what God does. Mm. And I love watching your girls grow. I love oh watching God. their hearts change. They are so, oh, I'm going to start to cry. They are so beautiful. They are so, ugh, I just love them so much. So well Yes. One thing I just have to tell you, Pam, I just have to say this one thing is yeah. that um, this came to me when we were talking earlier is yeah. that um, once again, I just want one thing I would say is that certain you know how the enemy lies to us and plants these seeds in our in our life. And this the Lord just revealed this to me recently is that um, we speak certain things over ourselves, and we are planting our own seeds of yes. lies like that. We're allowing the enemy to like continue to put in our hearts. Like, um, and, and I just want to say that you called out something in me that it just, it came back to me when we were talking today is that um, I always spoke over myself. I'm not a teacher. Like, I love what you do, Pam. I know you need help back here. I guess I can help. What do you want to put me in charge of? Just don't have me be a teacher. And one time at VBS, like you were hosting and you said, I want you to lead the whole main group and you are a teacher. You can't say you're not a teacher. You're a teacher. And today I'm homeschooling three kids and I am. And it's like God had that for me. And I, I realized how I had been speaking that lie over myself. And it was a little subtle lie. Like, who cares if I'm not a teacher? Like, like I, you would think it's no big deal. But speaking that kind of stuff over yourself, I just hope people have friends that call them out or you be that friend to somebody that calls out the gold. Because sometimes we just need to hear that. And that came back to me that you spoke that over me when I kept speaking the lie that I'm, I'm not that over myself. So I really appreciate that. And I am so glad that you did that. And I do it to more people call out the gold. <laughs> because I didn't believe it about myself because of the lies. So I thank you for that. And I'm, I'm 
I'm doing what you said. <laughs> Girl, it's all God. It's all God. I tell you, you step into, and you know this too, you step into the spirit and it's just like, sometimes you don't even remember. Does that yeah. ever happen to you after Tuesday nights? You oh, go back and you're like, wait, that was so awesome. What just happened? Right, right. Um, but friend, yes, yes. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I started this ministry. Um, yes. Yeah. There, there is so much power, so much power in really understanding who we are in Christ and what he made us for and what we can do. Yeah. Um, and Laura, when this gets, you know, it'll be recorded and posted again. Watch it and tell me you're not a teacher. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wait till you see it. You'll be like, oh, now I see it. Yeah, right. You are a life changer, both of you, not just your girls, but all these people you're touching. I think as soon as you started talking about this and Kevin was talking about 10 to 200, all I could see was multiplication. Just ping, ping, ping that, mm -hmm. you know, in business, they have a saying that one touches 16. So if you think of every one of these people that you're touching and them touching 16 more people with the love you put into them, mm. what's happening in San Diego? Right. Boom. Yeah. What, what God right. is doing. I just, all because you stepped out of the boat, mm. all because you said no to fear. I, woo, I'm just blown away. I'm blown away by you. And I'm so thankful that you took this time. Friends, oh, yeah. they have someone watching. There are three kids right now. And instead of doing date time, they're here with me. Oh. So, I love it. Honestly, this has been joy. I am rocked. You are amazing. I hope other people were rocked. Um, I hope that they reach out to you and they live out this same service in these same ways. And this is just such an example of how what we speak to our children, you know, words are powerful, but they can also go one in one ear and out the other. Yeah. They hear so much. They're so overstimulated all day. Living it, living it, modeling yeah. it. Is, mm -hmm. is what God calls us to do. He didn't like, you know, he, he didn't decree in the New Testament, you should be X, Y, and Z. He sent a living example. He mm -hmm. sent someone to model it, to live it out, to love other people well, no matter where they are. And that is what y'all are doing. Thank so, you. Um, thank uh, you. Thanks thank for the time. Thanks. Thank you. And I promise, guys, this will not be the last time we will do check-ins, see how they're doing, see how this is growing, hear how God is working. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on, Jesus. Holy yeah. cow, he does great things. Oh. But I love you all, and thank you for giving me this time. Thank yes. you, Pam. We appreciate yes. Hi, mamas. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to share the table with me today. I hope that it brought you more joy, peace, and connection. Friends, there are so many ways to connect with me. I would love to see you. Find me at Instagram at fruitfulfamilies underscore coaching. Find me on Facebook at Sleeping Babies Happy Mamas. Or friends, head over to my website, www.fruitfulfamiliescoaching.com to find out how to join our free community full of parents just like you, just trying to figure this parent thing out and do it really well. I would love to have you join. Being a member of the community means you always have the option to become a paid member where you can have access to free coaching hours twice a week and one weekend every month. 
Being a free member means you get included in our group prayer every Thursday and that you have access to all the sleep tips and tricks, all the parenting tips and tricks that I post daily. And friends, on my website, you can see all of my coaching opportunities, from potty training to master classes, from parenting coaching to sleep coaching. I guarantee I can bring your family more sleep, peace, joy, and connection. Looking forward to next time, mamas. Have a great day.